Welcome to The Everglow, a podcast with real advice you can actually use to live a better, happier life, especially if you're an empath. No burning sage, no crystals, no BS. Join me as I travel the world sharing the valuable lessons I learned. Hit subscribe on iTunes or wherever it is that you're listening to this to get new episode updates. Welcome to another edition of the Everglow. So it's been a little while, but thanks for tuning in. Uh, a lot of stuff has happened in the last little month. Uh, nothing big, but I won't bore you to death with everything since the passing of my aunt. Uh, but I have been focusing on a few big projects, including finally getting my bathroom remodeled after how many years? And it has been quite a chore, uh, emotionally and otherwise, because <laughs> I'm such a perfectionist. I don't think I'm that OCD, but if I was, I shed it over the last decade. But I feel like it's kind of come back because I'm, I'm trying to make this bathroom look so perfect. I've started becoming a lot more OCD about this perfectionism of every friggin' element that's going into it to the extent that it was kind of uh, stressing me out. Um, so anyways, enough with that. Today I wanted to talk to you guys about something interesting and that is investments. And don't worry, this is not a financial show. Um, but when I say investments, it goes beyond just money. It goes, uh, it goes to the point of risk-taking and taking chances in life. I'm out here on a walk up here in the Victory Trailhead over in West Hills, Woodland Hills area. So if there's, you hear a little bit of wind and walking, that's just me walking. So if the background noise uh, bothers you, sorry for that. But... Hope you can stay tuned anyway. Um, so in life, especially as empaths or sensitive people, we can generally be extremely risk averse. Uh, that's part of who we are. We want easy, we want status quo. We don't want conflict. We don't want to do things or put ourselves out there where it could jeopardize how we feel. We don't want to do something where we risk or run the risk of feeling bad because if John down the street makes an investment and loses $1,000, maybe two days later, John feels fine and he's investing another two or $3,000 in something else. He's let go of it. As an empath, however, uh, you know, if we feel something makes us feel bad, it can shake us to our cores. I'm not saying losing a bit of money on an investment or a stock market's gonna make you shaken, get shaken down to your core, but, it can definitely make you feel bad and maybe a lot worse than John down the street who lost his investment. So as such, we tend to not really take any chances at all. And we just live the status quo life. Now to further, further muddy the waters, you'll probably recall in other podcasts, I've talked about the fact that it's okay to live a status quo. You don't always have to be reaching for that so-called brass ring. You don't always have to be mixing things up and trying to make more money or do this or that. But that's only true if you've already achieved the equilibrium of being happy. Uh, if you are cool that way and you are happy and you just don't want to mix things up, that's totally fine. Too much emphasis is placed uh, today on always... A, having a little bit more or doing a little bit more. And I totally respect that. 
But there are some of us that even if they are happy, they still want a little bit more. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that either. So I kind of want to talk about that other side to it for those that may be happy or not as happy, but they still want a little bit more because that's just human nature. And frankly, it's just animal nature. I've seen videos of whether I don't know if it's in the zoo or in nature where there'll be a whole bunch of bananas and apples and oranges thrown into the the field and like these gorillas or chimpanzees, whatever. I don't remember it so long ago. They'll literally be like cradling in their arms as much fruit as they can to the extent that they're walking with some of them held in their feet while they're carrying a load. Like they're trying to get as much as they can. So it's okay if you want a little bit more. So maybe today's podcast is a little bit more geared for those who are looking for a little bit more in life, be it money, be it happiness, whatever that. And I don't, I don't tie the two together, by the way, although it may be for some, it, some, they are tied together. And if they, if that's the case, good for you, but doing so will require taking risk. And taking risk means risking your happiness. But if you're not happy already, then you have nothing to lose. And that's one thing that gets overlooked because at the end of the day, you know, if you're not happy, you really are wasting a lot of your life just kind of sitting in misery. So why not, why not throw things out there? Why not throw shit at the fan and to see, to see what sticks? Why not take chances? Because what are you going to do? Get rejected and feel worse? Maybe, but maybe you'll start getting used to taking the rejection. So today's episode is about taking some risks. Um, I'll cover it in a few parts. We'll start with money because that's the topic of du jour with all the stimulus money coming out again. Um, with stock market still going crazy, which is kind of confusing. I thought Republicans kept saying it was going to crash after Joe Biden, but I guess that didn't happen. Anyway, so there's a lot of stuff going on out there with the Bitcoin. You hear about that a lot. You know, man, that's one <laughs> I wonder about because... My neighbor, my friends, my tech friends were telling me about this. You got to get into this when it was $500. And this morning, the thing is now worth over $61,000. So imagine what just a $1,000 investment would have done from a few years ago. But, you know, live and learn, right? Um, but you got to take chances. And so one thing for me is, for those that know me, I'm, I'm very financially conservative. Um, I don't just jump into things. I'm not a gambler. I barely buy lottery tickets. I do not gamble in Las Vegas. Um, some people take joy in that. It's not my thing. I just, I, I really don't like risking, taking risks financially. I, I do invest a little bit here and there, but in very safe things. And uh, that's just what I'm comfortable with. But then, you know, last year I decided, you know what? I need to start taking more chances uh, financially. So I started breaking out of my box a little bit. You know, I started, um, you know, the mar market crashed back in March of last year. I thought, okay, um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but let me, let me jump into these, some of these travel industry st stocks that got decimated. Uh, and, you know, this version of me probably would have gone all in, right? Because for me, the writing was on the wall. At some point, these things, travel would come back, things would fix. You know, I was up against these companies going bankrupt, unfortunately. So I was still treading the waters back then. And I still am. But treading the waters in the sense that instead of like putting in a lot of money or a lot of money for me anyway into these things and riding the way back up, because I was still breaking out of my shell, I put just a little, relatively speaking, just a little bit of money into, say, an airline or a cruise line. Um, and of course, you know, over the last year, they've done very well. They've tripled if not quadrupled as you know things start to get back to normal 
Um, am I kicking myself for not having the guts to put more in? Not at all. You know, I think another version of me would have been pissed of like, you know, why are you such a pussy that way? Why didn't you put more in? You know, you, you know, you have good insight. You knew what was going to happen. But instead, I patted myself on the back. A year later, I'm patting myself on the back. Literally a year later now, because that's when it all happened. Um, because at least I, even though I didn't do much, not nearly as much as I could have or should have, at least I took that chance. At least I got my feet wet. At least I took that first step forward. Uh, so for for those of you that are risk averse and you're trying to take more chances and maybe grow more in life in some aspect, you don't have to go balls to the wall, as they say. You can just start treading lightly. Um, but make sure that when you're treading lightly and dabbling in new things and taking more risks, that you keep taking them progressively and maybe making them bigger and bigger and bigger until you get what you want. Or if you find a nice equilibrium where you're comfortable with the size of the risk you're taking and it's giving you some sort of return and peace, you can stick with that too. But you know, th this is how investing works. Whether you're investing in your happiness, relationships or money or your health, uh, you don't always have to go balls to the wall from day one. And you shouldn't, you should absolutely not expect, similarly speaking, you should absolutely not expect to hit a home run within a few days. Because as many of us know, in this culture of instant gratification, instant return, me, 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 now, 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 24-7, it is very easy to kind of give up or feel discouraged when you don't see an extreme result within you know, four or five days or a week or two weeks. These are all time lapsed kind of investments. Again, I'm not just talking about money. These are things that will take place over time because there's a lot more going on with you taking risks than just getting a quick return. I promise you what you're really doing. And here's where we're going to get into the metaphysical side. What you're really doing is you're telling the universe I'm ready. I want more and the universe quietly or actually not even quietly, but without any voice is saying silently, if you can even say those two words together, the universe is saying silently, okay, I want to give you more than what you want, but I want to see that you want it because people that want things take action and you can't just sit there thinking, fuck, I wish I would win the lottery. I wish I would win the lottery. I wish I would win the lottery. And then keep wondering, man, how come I don't win the lottery? There's a well-known saying, I don't know where it came from, but it's this guy pleading to God. He's like, dear God, why can't I win the lottery? And then all of a sudden God's voice comes out from the, the heavens. Well, son, first you must play. And I want you to remember that one. Maybe I'll put that little meme up on my website when I post this podcast. But it is true. If you want to win the lottery, you have to first play. If you want to hit it big in the stock market or financial investments, you got to start investing. And if you lose on one, you can't get discouraged and be like, oh, shit, well, I lost on my first one, so I'm done. Hell no. Take your lessons and move on. Show that you want it. Show that you want it. Um, you know, I, last year, late last year, I thought, let me start learning about something new. So I started learning more about options trading. 
because options trading is a way to make a lot more money than just buying and selling stocks. I won't get into the mechanics of call options and put options, but you're welcome to look at a lot of great YouTube videos out there on that. But that's just a, a nice gamble. And based on everything going on last year, it's a great gamble, at least in my mind, because it definitely seemed like there were a lot of companies that had taken a beating that only had a lot of upside to them. Airline, again, air, for me, those were airlines, hotels, travel industry related things. And call options are great because you can either lose it all <laughs> or you can make a huge return. But the gamble isn't as unsafe as you think because there are timelines. You can buy these options that have protracted timelines on them to, buy, you know, to, to account for any deviations in the market. Long story short, uh, the first one I did, it went up and I bought, I sold it and I made a few dollars literally, but I wanted to experiment and I proved my point. The second one went up a little bit. I sold it. And of course the next week it exploded. So I would have had like a 10 times return, but I wasn't even mad. I was like, you know what? At the end of the day, it was my first time doing it and I won. So then I bought more. So the next time I bought them, I bought them very expensive because a lot of other people had pushed up the price. And this week, past week, I ended up selling them at a loss. And I sold them not at a big loss. I lost a few hundred bucks on each one. And another version of me would have been pissed. But what I did is I learned what I did wrong. And what I learned what I could do better in the future if I were to do this again. And what I said in my mind was, okay, well, these lessons cost me a total of, I think I lost maybe accumulatively only $500. But which can be a lot of money if you're not used to doing this stuff, which I'm not even actually, but I'm, I'm putting myself, my brain into a different mindset. So I told myself, okay, I learned A, B, C, and D, and I know what to do better next time if I do it again. And to me, I said, okay, well, those lessons cost me this much money, $500. I said, you know what? That, that's a very worthwhile investment because I learned these valuable lessons and I'll, more than make up for it in the future with other things. And so I'm putting my intention out there. The other one is this, you keep hearing about the cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin and man, my neighbor told me about this thing at $500, now it's $61,000. And even my, one of my best friends told me about this thing like a couple months ago, he's like, and I really, I'm very tight, I trust this friend of mine. He's very well researched. He's one of the few intelligent people I really trust. And he's like, you, know, you gotta do this. So I, I did a little bit again, tiptoeing into it, in retrospect, I should have just gone more. Long story short, that thing is now, Bitcoin is now $61,000. And for a lot of people out there who've been slaving away their whole lives to make a few dollars and make ends meet, and then you see these kids at McDonald's who bought Bitcoin years ago for, you know, nothing, and now they're, <laughs> now they're driving to McDonald's and Lamborghinis. I'm exaggerating. Uh, good for them. You can't even be jealous because these guys took a chance, right? And... You know, you know, as Bitcoin's kind of gone up and I've even my, myself was kind of like a, put a little, a few dollars literally into it here and there because it's still outside of my comfort zone because I still don't understand it. Um, I had to tell myself, you know what? Yeah, I could have made a lot more money. I could have put more in, but I'm so glad I'm at least doing these things because again, two years ago, I wouldn't have even touched this shit, but I realized if I was, if, if I'm going to make more and do more have more, at least in that aspect aspect of my life, I'm going to have to take more chances. I can't just keep doing the same routine day in, day out and expecting any cataclysmic shift. So you got to take these risks and you'll see the rewards. Um, and the more you take these risks, the more you're proving to the universe 
using quantum physics that, okay, I'm ready for more. And the universe will give you more. The universe will give you, I found, more than you ever asked for. But you got to do more than just ask for it. Some people are so good and so balanced in their life and in such a good mood in all areas that they can just ask for it and it'll arrive. And I've been in those areas sometimes in my life. But I've learned it's expedited. The results are anyway. They're expedited when you take that motion forward, when you start putting the the intention out there. And the same goes for relationships. The highest rated show I have so far with this podcast is getting over a breakup. So it seems like the internet seems to love researching relationship-related things, which is one of my favorite topics, to be honest with you. Um, so why don't we go there? Let's go there, why don't we? Um, so same with relationships. You can't find the right guy. You can't find the right girl. But what do you do every day? You wake up, you brush your teeth, eat breakfast, not in that order necessarily. Uh, you know, you go to work, you come home, you watch The Bachelor and you're like, how come I can't meet the right girl? How come I can't meet the right guy? <laughs> and you don't do anything different. You've discarded dating websites. You've discarded going out, which you can't really do that well right now because of COVID, maybe unless you're in Texas. Um, but you're not doing anything different. But you have to start taking those risks. Maybe you have to, I know it's going to, it's going to hurt at the beginning, but maybe you have to talk to that random person at the grocery store. I, I know it, you may get rejected. They may think you're a weirdo. It's going to feel so uncomfortable, but sometimes this, not sometimes taking risk means breaking yourself out of your comfort zone and it's going to be uncomfortable at the beginning, but the more you do it, the easier it's going to become. And you just have to do it that first time and that second time and that third time before it becomes real easy. That's why some guys can go up to a hundred girls in a bar. You guys even do that anymore? Anyways, you can go up to the guy will go up to a hundred girls in a bar, get rejected by all of them and still leave the bar with a huge smile on his face. He had a great night. Um, but he, cause he's so used to it. And you know, I'm not saying you have to just do that, but at least go making it, you know, go make a dating profile. I'm going to be having a, uh, a guest or doing a, a collaboration with a three sides of the coin podcast in the upcoming week. I'm looking forward to that. We're going to be talking about relationships too, but, um, so look out for that. Cause we're going to be talking a lot more about this kind of stuff, but at least make the dating profile. I'm not saying you're going to meet somebody over the internet, but that, that is the way to go these days. Anyway, by the way, I'm not saying you're necessarily going to meet anybody, but you're at least putting your attention out there. Okay. I want to meet somebody. Um, I found that happened years ago. Um, you know, I was out of law school. I started practicing law. I'd moved to LA. I didn't really know anybody. And you know, in school, it's one thing you're in, you're around people all the time, new people, social gatherings, class, you're on campus. There are a lot of opportunities to meet somebody. You don't really feel, well, not, you don't never, but you often don't feel like, well, how am I going to meet somebody? Cause you're literally always meeting new people, whether you like it or not. But when school ends, uh, it can be a, a bit daunting, especially when you move to a new place. Cause I was in Orange County at the time I moved back to LA. I didn't really know anybody here. And, uh, the dating website pool wasn't what it is today in 2021. I mean, you had, you had match.com and eHarmony. You didn't really have much. You didn't have Tinder and the other gazillion websites or you didn't have phone apps period, much less, you know, Tinder and all that. So I was like, fuck, am I going to meet somebody? It wasn't weighing on my mind too much, but I'd, been, I'd gotten over a breakup not that long ago. And, but it did occur to me, like, man, how am I going to do this? 
And so I thought, okay, well, let me, let me put, and I was, I was, I was big into the law of attraction back then anyway, but I thought I got to do something because, you know, just going to work every day and sitting in an office, I'm not going to meet anybody unless, you know, there were some girl walks into my office, which probably isn't going to happen because I was working at a bankruptcy firm and how many girls in my age demographic are filing bankruptcy. So I put up a dating, I put up a one or two, uh, images on a couple of dating websites. I think back then I was too cheap to pay for them. So I just have the free profiles and I thought, okay, what am I doing here? So I ended up paying for one of them. I forget which one. And, uh, you know, back then the, even the pool on there was kind of weird. Like I'm from Ottawa, Canada. Some of you may know the dating pool in Ottawa, Canada is quite different from here in Los Angeles, right? Like, I mean, we are a fairly somewhat homogeneous look of people in Ottawa. I'm not just saying racially, although that used to be the case too. Ottawa used to be predominantly, you know, white. That's changed a lot. But Ottawa's like kind of like more or less everybody's gone to high school. High volume, most people done undergrad. Everybody's kind of middle class, upper middle class, middle class kind of thing. You know, if you know John down the street, he knows Sally across town. Everybody knows everybody a bit. LA's another animal. People are have tattoos on their, <laughs> their faces, nose rings. They've come from every walk of background you can imagine. Mixes of Cambodian with the Malaysian, white, black, purple, you name it. Um, the poorest of the poor, the richest of the rich are even on these websites, believe it or not. And so you have you have a, such a wide demographic, um, which can be daunting, very daunting, right? Because a website can filter so much and then you don't know what you're getting. You meet somebody and maybe they're a big drug addict or a coke addict and you're like, you're just this kid from a small town otter. You're like, uh, what? but I guess that's my, I'm going on a side, side tangent there, tangent. But I guess what I'm getting at is I had to put myself out there. So I did go ahead and make those web profiles. And I kid you not, within two weeks, uh, in walks a girl with her, I believe it was her aunt. Was it her aunt? Yeah, her aunt and her mom. They walk into my my office for a consultation um, for the aunt. And, you know, me and the, the girl who had just come from moral support, you know, she was cute. We kind of hit it off. She was talking about law school and whatever. I gave her my number. And next thing you know, um, she ended up contacting, sending me an email and, uh, we hung out a couple times and one thing led to another and we ended up dating for a whole year and it didn't work out at the end. But my point of the matter is that I showed my intention to the universe. I didn't just sit at home every day, staring at the ceiling in my bedroom, wondering, Oh, how come I can't meet somebody? Um, cause I, I much like maybe you I used to be a super shy guy in many ways, nobody would ever believe me because I had a great, I was fantastic at hiding it. When I was out in public, I had zero problem being super social. As an empath, people would always come up and approach me. So nobody, I mean, dude, I can't even go to a Costco without five people randomly talking to me. It's, it's bizarre and sometimes annoying when I just want to be by myself. But my point being, despite all of that, I used to be extraordinarily shy, mostly when it came to talking to not members of the opposite, opposite sex. I never, never had a problem talking to girls. Most of my friends growing up were, were girls in undergrad, especially MBA, et cetera. But romantically, I was 
super shy about talking about a girl talking to a girl romantically in terms of like asking her out on a date or wanting to go out somewhere whatever so i hadn't broken out of that shell yet of going up to a stranger at a bar but i at least put myself out there on a level that was comfortable to, to me in terms of a risk of putting my face out there putting a dating website out there and within two weeks you know the universe didn't give me somebody over the internet but the universe put somebody walked right into my office and I've often found that's generally how things work. Um, you don't always get what you want in the way you think you're going to get it. But you always get what you want. I speak for myself. I've literally, and I've told you this in other podcasts, I've always gotten what I want. Always, 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 full stop. But I've always had to put that first foot forward. And what are these things? These are investments. Putting, a dating, putting my dating profile up on a website that's an investment. I'm taking a risk that I'm going to get shot down. I'm taking a risk that it may not work. I'm taking a risk that I'll have paid money and it goes to waste. But it's never really a waste because I'm taking that risk. I'm putting out that investment, putting my face out there, and I'm waiting for a return. And you'll always get a return. Just don't get discouraged when you don't get the return right away. And don't get discouraged when you actually have a loss. Because those losses are just little building blocks to your ultimate return, which is achieving your, your final goal. So that is my podcast for today. I think there was a third thing I wanted to talk about, but I don't want to belabor the point. Um, I used money investments. I used relationships in terms of taking risks and taking chances to achieve your goals. But uh, I'm going to leave it at that because at the end of the day, I just want you guys to kind of get used to the point where the fact that you can get anything you want, but you definitely have to put yourself out there you definitely have to take a chance and you have to shake things up and you have to be prepared to, um, you know, experiencing a lot, experience a loss, experience being shut down, maybe even experiencing a bit of humiliation. Uh, but the more you build yourself up for that and know that that's a building block and not a loss, the more so the sooner you're going to actually achieve that ultimate goal that you're looking to achieve. Never worry about whether you're good looking enough. Never worry about whether you have enough money. Never worry about whether you're smart enough. If I've learned anything living in Los Angeles, there's close to zero correlation between money and intelligence. The most intelligent people I know and intellectual people I know are certainly not the most poorest, or not the most poor people I know, but they're, most, they're certainly not the most wealthy people I know. In fact, I don't even care who's listening. I might suggest some of the wealthiest people I know intellectually and the broad and the broad scope of things are probably the least intelligent or intellectual people I know. And I guess they're probably won't be insulted if they're listening because many of them say the same thing to me about themselves. So, um, with that being said, take that chance. Uh, if you're already happy and you know you are, and you don't want to rock the boat, cool, be happy, enjoy your day. You don't have to listen to any of what I just said or take it to heart. But for those of you that have an area of your life where you think you could do more, you want, you actually want more, then take that first step, step forward. You don't have to jump in at the deep end. Dip your toe in at the, at the shallow end. See how the water feels. Put your leg in. Get into your shins. Start walking in and keep building up that comfort level till you get there. And I promise you, you will get there. Just believe and you will receive. Thanks for listening today. And I will talk to you guys on the next one.
Thanks again for tuning in to The Everglow, chronicling my life as an empath as I travel the globe. Check us out on Instagram at N-E-I-L-B-H-A-R-T-I-A for more photos related to this and other podcasts.